Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is episode seven with Daniela Tudor. Welcome to Is Told by Nomads. I'm your host, Ty Roxon, and I'm a blogger, digital marketer, and multicultural individual who's lived on four different continents. Listen weekly as I profile people who identify with several cultures and share with you stories, tips, and interviews about how to embrace your global identity and use it to your advantage to live your best life. Let us begin. Daniela was fun to talk to because we, we talked about, you know, her experience growing up in communist Europe and also some of the experiences she had just dealing in and out of the different cultures, going back home and going to school and having sometimes no one to talk to. Uh, she also talked about dating, which was fun. Uh, so please sit down or do whatever you're doing, but make sure you Pay attention to everything she said. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. Today, I have with me Daniela Tudor. She's the CEO and founder of Soundstrokes, and she also does IT recruiting and consulting. Welcome, Daniela. Thank you. Thank you so much. Why don't you start by telling us your third culture experience and your nomadic experience? Why don't you map that out for us? Sure. So I was born in Romania. My grandparent, my grandfather is Greek, but um, everybody else is Romanian, so I'm Greek and Romanian. And uh, that was during the time of communism that I was born there. So in 1989, when I was about four or five years old, communism fell and there was a big revolution. So my dad took off on foot because he kind of realized that even though the revolution happened, things weren't instantly going to get better or somehow magically not be corrupt anymore. So he wanted to make sure that I lived a life where as long as you work hard and you do the right things that you can have a successful life. And he uh, went to Germany first and then brought my mom and I later after a few months. So throughout Germany, moved around a lot of immigrant asylums there and also lived. Um, my mom was the assistant and housekeeper slash uh, kind of did everything for an extremely wealthy family in Germany. So for a period of time after the immigrant asylum life, we also lived in a very large home of theirs during that period. And after some time, they couldn't renew our visas anymore. So instead of going back to Romania, uh, which we did not want to do, we packed everything we had inside a car with a German license plate and drove as far west as we could. 
So we got all the way to Portugal somehow magically <laughs> and there asked for political asylum. I uh, lived in Portugal, moved around there for a while and got stable visas there. However, after a few years, my dad always wanted the opportunity to come to America. He still believes in the American dream and so do I to a degree as well. And he got the opportunity to get, uh, win what was called the lottery. The lottery is this visa program that Bill Clinton put in place where if he had a certain unique skill set that they thought would contribute to the to the uh, working economy, then they would give you a visa to come here. And my dad, being a mechanical engineer, he was able to get that. So we moved to the West Coast when I was about 11 years old. And so I would say those were the all unintentional moves. <laughs> <laughs> and then things transitioned to intentional moves because, as you know, TCKs deal with a lot of uh, restlessness right. because of the way that they grew up. So... I decided I needed to get out, but I knew that the only option to get out of the city that I was in in Washington was to go to college. So I graduated high school one year early when I was 17 and um, moved from a smaller town in Washington to go to college in Seattle. And during my stay in college, I lived in Cyprus on the Greek side for a while. I took a program that um, had me stay there long term. And then after college, moved after a few years to Los Angeles and now just recently moved back to Seattle. So that is the story. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was trying to keep track of all the other cities there. So you have the Greek influence, the Romanian influence, and English, obviously. So how many languages do you speak? Do you speak the three of them? So I only know a few words in Greek, but I speak Romanian fluently and English fluently. I was fluent in German and Portuguese when I lived in those countries. So it yeah. takes me a few weeks to get those back. And then in high school, I took Japanese and in college, I took Chinese. So I know those very little as well. So where do you consider home? So home, um, especially going through the whole TCK experience, is not a geographical location. For me, home is when I feel centered and at peace and knowing that I'm doing all the right things to progress in life. And I think that's actually one of the things that got me out of my identity crisis and confusion and um, kind of low place that I was before when I wasn't sure what was going on and before I even discovered the TCK community or what being a TCK meant is that it doesn't have anything to do with your geographical location. Home is really actually who you are and what you're doing at that point in life. So right now, I definitely feel at home. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a very good point. But you mentioned identity crisis there a little bit. When exactly did you start to experience that? And how did you come to terms with it? So when I first moved to Germany is when, and even though I was five years old, is when I really started um, experiencing the hardships of it. Because a couple things happened. Um, I was heavily discriminated against, uh, especially during that time in Germany. There was huge propaganda against uh, the gypsy population. And a large population of gypsies does come from Romania. And they were doing some things that the media was portraying as extremely negative. So even though by the time I entered school in Germany, I had no accent and I perfectly, I actually was getting 100% on the spelling test above like, people that were born in Germany, <laughs> but my doctor's son was in my class. So when they found out that I was Romanian, instantly I was treated differently and uh, completely just boxed out of anything and nobody would talk to me. So that's when the struggle sort of started happening. Um, and then even all the way up to, I would say, middle school and early high school in America, 
because at that point I had assimilated to American culture. I had friends, but um, it went to the other extreme where I was basically a hidden immigrant. So certain social situations or certain ways that people behaved sometimes didn't always resonate with me and I didn't understand them, but nobody cared or understood that because to them I looked and sounded American. Then when I came home, I basically switched identities because my parents and grandparents are Romanian. And then I have the third side of me, which combines all of that, which is what a third culture kid is. (laughs) I, I, I can definitely identify with that. But yeah, go ahead with the switching. Yeah, so basically, um, I would say when the transition happened, I was online, and I'm actually trying to remember, I'll have to ask Bryce, who I'll talk about in a little bit here, but I was online and found um, Bryce Royer, he's the original founder of PCKid.com, and we started talking in a chat room, and he started telling me about what a third culture kid was and the definition, and I believe everything happens for a reason, I mean, this was early college when I was a really low point, but... Uh, outwards, I had hundreds of friends. I mean, I was in the Greek system, so I was in a sorority, mm. a big social scene there. But internally, I was really struggling. I was feeling really depressed. I didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to because turning to my family, it's like, wow, they got me to this great country. I'm supposed to take you know, all these opportunities and I'm able to have this great life that other countries don't give you the opportunity to have. So I can't complain to them that I'm not feeling well. Um, and to the outside world, they're sure not going to understand because they think I'm just American. Or a lot of my American friends would say, oh, what do you mean like you're you're from somewhere else? You came here when you were 11. That's so young. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's not what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up talking online, and this is before TCKid.com started, and uh, that's actually how we started that online community is realizing, and that's when an internal shift happened, and I was like, I don't have to choose one of those. I can just be all of them, and that's okay. And that's what home is. I don't have to answer that question. So that's kind of how the transition happened. I think that's very important for uh, TCKs to realize that it's not a matter about choosing. It's just embracing you know, the identity as a TCK. And then you're okay with that. I mean, it's, you don't necessarily have to go into explaining all the time. But you, you had your experience. Mine was with the, I don't know if you've read the BuzzFeed thing, where it's, it's like 31 signs you're a TCK. And, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was my first uh, encounter with the word TCK. And it was, I think like you, I was just sitting in my room and I was scrolling through something on Twitter or on Facebook. And I was curious mm-hmm. about the word third culture kid. And then they just started to say all those things. And I was like, whoa. And actually, coincidentally, um, that same turning point I had with Bryce online um, and also got me to start researching is I was doing at the time an internship at the World Affairs Council in Seattle. Mm. And it was actually my advisor uh, who does tons of public policy and international visitor programs. She's the one that had heard of the term. And I think she saw the signs, you yeah. know, that I was struggling, but you know, wasn't really communicating that and was just sort of busying up my schedule with jobs and internships and going about everyday life. But she was like, hey, you should look this up. And she just sort of gave me the tool. I now I think her years later about making a huge difference in my life and telling me to look that term up. And the whole time I think she knew what she was doing. She didn't want to tell me like, this is who you are and this is what it is. Mm. Just go look it up and you'll figure it out sort of thing. And that would happen in parallel uh, with me meeting Bryce uh, Royer, my co-founder for TC, or the guy that founded TCKid.com online. It was the same time period. 
Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. So we've talked about some of the, the, you know, the struggles and challenges. Why don't you tell me a little bit about or, or story about when you, your TCK ness, if that's a word, <laughs> um, <laughs> turned into an advantage or helped you out in some way. Yeah. So there's a lot of traits that I think being a TCK make it extremely helpful in today's world. Um, one is I'm able to see situations from every single perspective. So I'm able to put myself in other people's shoes. So going back to the discrimination and all that stuff that happened, instead of me taking that like, oh, I was such a victim and I despise this culture because they treated me this way. I actually understand that everybody deserves a chance. You never know who they really are until you get to know them. They may appear a certain way. They may act a certain way, but you don't know their whole story, what they've been through. So always having that perspective in the back of my mind before reacting to a certain situation, whether it's in the workplace or in a personal situation, has been extremely helpful. Also, I think being under stressful circumstances and constant change, I'm able to handle a lot more on my plate and organize that. Or if plans change or if something's about to change, then I just immediately start thinking of the solution. Like, okay, how can I resolve this instead of being stressed out or freaking out. So I think in terms of decision-making, how you relate to your uh, workplace and your personal relationships has been really helpful being a PCK. That's, that's a great point about adaptability. Now, speaking of workplace, uh, how do you think TCKs will influence the workplace in the future? So there's a couple ways that I think TCKs will, influence in the, uh, will be a huge influence in the future. Uh, I think with singularity, so singularity is the way that technology is integrating with humans and bridging geographical or cultural gaps. Um, I think TCKs are going to be a key part in that and bridging that gap because they've already had the perspectives of different cultures. So as geographical barriers are torn down and more people are integrating in the workplace and in personal relationships, I think TCKs can make a huge impact in that. And there's a few industries where I think that TCKs are going to be very successful. Okay. So for one, I think in recruiting for any type of industry, because you're constantly dealing with all different types of people and you have to understand the position that they're going to be put in and what traits that are, aren't tangible and mm. have nothing to do with experience will make them good at a certain job. So I think in recruiting, TCKs are excellent in that. Okay. I think uh, entrepreneurship and innovation because they are going to be able, having such varied experiences, not only do they see where there's needs, so problems that need to be solved um, and push innovation that way, but they're also able to see a product or see a company and say, hey, this is what it's lacking and this is what I don't see in it because of their past experiences. Their brains are just wired completely different than someone that's monocultural, in my opinion. Um, And then third, I think in the not-for-profit world and in terms of crisis management is where I see them making a big impact. I think that's, that's very, very important, especially with the dynamics of changes in those industries, um, especially entrepreneurship and uh, nonprofit when you have to deal with certain things, crisis management, obviously, as well. So you mentioned recruiting and entrepreneurship. It just so happens that you, Daniela, <laughs> <laughs> are a recruiter and an entrepreneur. So why don't you talk about <laughs> your, um, um, your business and what you look for and, um, you know, just how you, you know, what you look for when you hire and why, and then why those industries for you 
So a chance for you to... Sure. To give you just a little bit of background while I, you know, where these passions from of technology and art and music. So when I graduated college, I got into technical recruiting and now I do the account management. So client interfacing with clients and seeing what their recruiting needs are for major com- corporations like Microsoft down to startups. And on the side, I also... Uh, co-owned and partook in a promotions and DJ booking company. So I started learning a lot about DJing and music. And I was looking at audio editing programs like Pro Tools and um, DJing tools like Tractor. And I was seeing these waveforms. So I thought, man, it'd be so great uh, if I could combine music and technology and uh, make a living off of it, especially in marketing and in traveling to music festivals. So this idea stuck with me for about eight months. And uh, once I moved down to California still for recruiting, after a while, I quit recruiting and just went 100% forward with it. Mm. And I got an angel investor within the first 40 days, moved forward with a partner who was my first artist in taking the visual waveform of your favorite sound and making those into high-end paintings. Um, My biggest markets right now are... um, expecting parents and couples because they'll get the painting of their baby's heartbeat or them saying I love you or a painting of their favorite song and mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It was going pretty gradually really well um, after a year and a half. And then I'm back to close to family with getting older, especially my grandparents. So now I'm back to doing both recruiting and sound strokes. Okay. And I guess there's a two-part question there. <laughs> One is, what do I look for when I hire people? So in the tech world, I looked for three things. One is presentation um, in terms of, you know, how they present themselves in communication. And then second is their actual background. But third, I also look for how passionate they are um, and how much they actually enjoy what they're doing. Because ultimately, especially in technology, you can make a lot of good money doing a lot of technical jobs like software development, technical project management. But if you're not passionate, you're really not going to add that extra value to our clients. So that's actually the number one thing. Second, when it comes to hiring for a soundstroke part, Um, I actually look for people that have have some sort of service background. So um, even if I'm looking for a painter or an operations person or a project manager, something along those lines, I look for somebody that's done some sort of volunteer work or something that's hands-on, like, you know, in high school or college, if they've done bartending or waitressing or something like that, 
because doing physical work or some sort of volunteer work or being in the military or something like that gives you extra skill sets that an office job never will. And um, when times get tough or when you have to solve a problem, I think that's really important. I think you more than did that. Um, and speaking of the, the service, then I used to, I ran two nonprofits in, when I was in college. And um, I think service was more invaluable than anything I did. Because while I was, I was, before that, or around, around that time, I was also a waiter. And uh, I saw the parallels that you were saying, because you just had to have the patience and the ability to see what they needed before they did and just deal with every single sort of thing that came in your way. Well, I don't want that. You gotta, and just, you know, just have to deal with all that kind of things. Oh, yeah. And yeah, especially in, uh, you know, being working in the service industry, right. you know, something could go horribly and you just have to keep going through your shift. Mm-hmm. The first time I bartended, um, I was also busing. And I piled on as many glasses and plates as I could because I was like, oh, I'm totally going to be efficient and just clear out the entire area. And I was carrying the plate over my head and everything toppled and oh. broke everywhere. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was my first shift. Oh, so. man. No, that's, that sounds horrible. I mean, I think my worst one was I, I think I, I got three orders wrong in a row. And they sat next to each other, and I um, didn't know. <laughs> I just had to wait in there and give them as much extra, and I had to take in everything they were saying. I was like, ah. So just a question about employment. How do you think TCKs can uh, use social media to get jobs or get noticed? Yeah, so I think LinkedIn is actually the most powerful uh, recruiting and hiring tool out there right now. And what you can do is if you click on advanced search on your LinkedIn profile, I would put in recruiting and then the industry you're interested in along with your zip code. And you can find hiring managers at the company you're looking at to get an internship or a job. The way to approach them is add them and ask them for a simple 15 to 20 minute informational interview where you're asking them questions and really show your passion and your interest. People love talking about themselves, so <laughs> that alone, uh, they'll get excited about being able to sort of teach somebody that's trying to get into their field. And at that point, um, they'll probably be more likely to open up about you about the job opportunities they have. So I know plenty of people that have gotten there into their dream company that way. So definitely for TCKs, especially knowing how adaptable and they are, one way would be to approach potential employers through LinkedIn and just ask him for, for a quick conversation. Okay. No, and, and that's a good point. I, I got the yeah, job I'm at actually right now is because of a LinkedIn search. So last, oh. December, yeah, <laughs> last December, I compiled a list of, of uh, people and, you know, decision makers in the industry I was looking for. Yeah. I want to learn more about PR and, uh, and marketing. And then um, I just did a search for 30 minutes. And then I have the in-mail thing. So I have the business account. And I reached out to them and I, I just introduced myself. I said, this is what I've done. Uh, this is what I, I feel like I can do. Could I get a few 15 you know, minutes of your time? There you go. See? And there you go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it works. Okay. Shifting gears here. Let's talk a little bit. This is a very hard shift here. Uh, or not. <laughs> about dating. Uh, that's, that's another thing that TCKs uh, deal with. And it, it, the question comes up. Should I date another TCK who understands me, or should I date a non-TCK? If it's a non-TCK, can he or she understand me? Just how do you navigate this space? Yeah, so that's definitely something that I struggled with in the past. Um, You know, it's that fear that you're right, they're not going to understand all the different parts of you, 
Or the flip side, what I experienced happening before is when you talk about all these experiences you have, they think that this experience is so amazing and glamorous. And not only do they misinterpret that there are struggles with it, but sometimes they'll think that you're like showing off or something or yeah. throwing in their face. They haven't had such a cultural experience when that's not the case. It's just like that's the only story you have. So um, the one big thing that I realized that makes a non-TCK and TCK uh, relationship successful is just reassuring the fact that the fact that they've had a linear monocultural upbringing is just as valuable and unique is having a TCK upbringing because they di bring different things to the table. Um, I think whether you're TCK or non-TCK, I think just having an open stream of communication is really important. And the second part that makes dating relationships successful, especially with TCKs and non-TCKs, is with yourself having a conversation is what this person is saying or doing to me, take a pause and think, are they saying this because it's their own thing? Mm. <laughs> is this feelings that they're dealing with and their own insecurities that they're discussing and don't take them personally? Or is this something that they're addressing with me that I need to figure out about myself? I think that that's where a lot of miscommunication happens is people get insecure or misinterpret their own experiences or other people's experiences. And that's when things start to get rocky and fall apart and misunderstandings happen. Does that make sense, sir? <laughs> no, no, it absolutely does. Uh, I, I mean, I, I was talking to, to someone uh, the other day. Um, he's a filmmaker. And mm -hmm. his, his opinion was that he felt more comfortable dating someone else that had experienced the same thing. And, and that was just his opinion. He, you know, he felt that that was easier. And then I've talked to other people, and it's, it's not that they prefer uh, dating non-TCKs. It's, it's just... Um, I don't know if I don't know how to explain it, but it just felt like to them it was easier or it was expected. It depends with the culture, you know. If sometimes you're the way you're from, you're supposed to marry. I mean, it's an unwritten rule in some cultures. That, hey, <laughs> you can have all this fun you want here, but when you get married, you're getting married to this, you know, this did, and then you know they have to deal with yeah. That then. Yeah, I'm lucky enough that my parents don't uh, have that, and I've personally based on attraction I've been attracted to um, non-TCK Americans my boyfriend grew up in the same state mm. um, his whole life and he lives here still but um, I almost like that better for me because being a TCK I'm very um, not very risk averse and I take plunges and trips and changes as my norm Whereas he is like very stable and linear. So I think we actually balance each other out in that way. He'll make me consider things now before making a decision that in, in my best interest that I wouldn't have before or just makes me slow down a little bit, which ultimately creates a lot more peace within my life than if I just sort of jump into 20 things and go for it. <laughs> and um, we get to learn a lot about each other and I get to learn new things that come with being monocultural and he gets to learn things about me being a TCK. That's just my personal um, experience. But overall, I think just open communication about what your expectations are, why certain things make you a certain way. I think not using your past experiences to judge until you find out the whole story of what's going on in your current relationship is probably the most important thing, whether you're a TCK or not.
Um, A lot of times we'll use, yeah, we'll use the misjudgments and the hurt from the past. Like, oh, you know, this American is just going to think that, you know, I was an orphan gymnast from Romania or something like (laughs) that, because that's what the last one said about me, you know, when I was in high school. It's important to not use those past experiences to judge your present. No, I think I think it's a very important point. I, one of uh, my points of contentions whenever I have this discussion with uh, with people of the opposite sex is when they say, oh, you're all the same, or if it's the guy that does it. And then I'm always trying to say, well, you know, you can't necessarily punish the other person for the past experiences because it's not fair to the potential of what this could be. And this goes for guys and girls because I've heard it from both sides. It's like, well, that happened from this culture, so never date in that culture again. And um, so I, right. I, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's very important, like you said, to be to be. I mean, that's. I think it's funny how that's one of our best cultures, being open-minded. But sometimes when it comes to dating, it's, it's we can close that side out if we have a couple of bad experiences in that culture. It's like, well, that's it. Well, yeah, I think because we've gotten hurt, right? Yeah. So your natural reaction is to like protect yourself and continuously opening yourself up and having things fail over and over again. It's hard to do that again, but you just have to remind yourself, like. 7 billion people were all so different mm. and every situation is going to be different no matter how hurt you're going to get until, you know, that one happens. <laughs> I think it's worth to, even in helping people, you know, I'll be really open at first in helping people and sure enough, there's going to be three out of five or something that are going to use your help and your generosity in a malicious way. But to me, that's like totally worth it for the other two out of the five that, were good people and benefited out of that. I think it's kind of just what you have to realize and realize about people in general. Yeah. Like I'm not perfect and I've made tons of mistakes in my life. So <laughs> nobody is, you know, so. I agree. I agree. All right. So let's talk a little bit about more fun stuff with you uh, before we close. So I'm just going to ask you a series of rapid fire questions. You were not prepared for this. So, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so, um, <Tricky. laughs> Favorite country and why? To live in or visit? Oh, you know what? Let's start with the living and we go to visit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to make this spontaneous because I didn't want you to prepare for this. I wanted you to, okay. to go over the top of your head. <laughs> All right. Uh, Northern Portugal. Northern Portugal. That's to live in? Um, yes, to live in. Huh. Okay. <laughs> the people are so friendly. They, You will literally be strangers walking down the street in the small town, fishing town I lived in, Villa Praia de Ancora. Mm. They literally invite you in for sardinas and beer. They're like, just come on and hang out with us. Oh, so okay. definitely the most good-hearted people that I've ever interacted with. Cool. What about to stay? <laughs> I mean, sorry, to visit. You already said. Say that again? What about to visit? That I've been to right now, Barcelona. So Spain is my favorite city to visit. Barcelona. All right. All right. Country uh, with the best music, in your opinion? Ooh, um, actually, uh, South Africa. Electronic scene in South Africa. Okay, all right, all right. Best style? Best style of person? No, uh, Famous person? I, I, I'm speaking fashion here. Fashion. <laughs> Clothes. I would want, I, I want Victoria Beckham's closet. <laughs> so would that skew more England or, I guess it's English with American, I don't know, influence? But probably, all right, okay, Victoria Beckham at Seattle. All right, um, I had another question. I can't remember what it was. It was going to be movies. Yeah, movies. I know you're into arts. Which film has the best movies? Um, oh, country has which, the best movies. Country has the best movies. Oh, yeah. that is a tough one. 
Well, I'm just going to go by my favorite film, La Berge Espanol, which I believe was co-produced across a couple of countries. But it's called The Spanish Apartment, and it's about five college kids from different countries living together. Uh, well, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I, I, this is the last one before I, I go back to the more normal questions here. If you could uh, give one piece of advice to someone about uh, where to, you know, what to do based on your experience as a TCK, what would be the first thing you should tell him or her to, to work on so he, can, he or she can deal with the transition? Honestly, I would say just talk to another TCK, but also spend time with yourself to... This is kind of a loaded word, but to like forgive yourself, because okay. I think what we do is we hold a lot of emotions that have to do with grieving places we've left, but we can't really express that to our family or friends. And we don't deal with that grievance of loss of your environment, of your friends and constantly changing. And then we put pressure on ourselves to be grateful about it or to handle it a certain way. I would say just don't have expectations for it. Just sit with it for a while and just like forgive yourself for all of the feelings that you've had about all the places you've been. And I think that's a huge release for people. Awesome. Awesome. So, Daniela Tour, where can we find out more about you? What are you up to and how can we reach you? I would say follow uh, my public posts on Facebook. So add me at Daniela Luzi. That's my middle name, L-U-Z-I, Tudor. Okay. Uh, you can follow me on there, and that's going to give you a comprehensive across all things that I'm doing, uh, comprehensive update. So. And uh, the website to your company is? Yes, uh, so lincolnbay.com if you're looking for uh, things in the world of IT, and soundstrokesart.com if you are interested in finding out more about uh, getting your favorite sound as art. All right. Uh, thank you. This has been a pleasure. I definitely think... Uh, a lot of good things came out of this interview, so I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. It's an honor. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Is Told by Nomads. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher and subscribe. Also, be sure to head over to my website, tyroxin.com, to subscribe for more updates and tips on how to navigate the world and check out some of the other things I'm doing. Till next time, remember... Home is not necessarily a physical place. It is wherever you most feel comfortable. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, 
allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 